Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for all things horror content related from interviews, reviews, top 10 lists, and everything in between. They also have a great library of podcasts, which I highly suggest you check out after this episode here, including my latest one, Cheer and Loathing. A new episode for that dropped yesterday. If you want some laughs, some giggles, and hear me rage out on some movies, that's the best place to do it. Also, you may have just heard my little friend Jasper chirping in the background. He does that from time to time. I'm sorry. I can't get rid of him. He's here. He's my assistant. And that's going to kind of bring us into today's episode, actually. Jasper is a little budgie, and a budgie's a bird. Birds are things that fly. Another thing that is also a bird is an owl. Now, for some reason recently, I've been kind of, like, obsessed with owls. Okay, obsessed isn't the right word, but I kind of feel like a weird sort of connection with them, and I don't know why, and that's weird for me to say because I'm not usually that kind of person. So I thought I'd look into some owl-related myths and folklore and gods and all that kind of fun stuff. So that's what today's episode is going to be. It's going to be kind of a mishmash of owl-related folklore, mythology, stories, and gods. So this week's episode, all about the owl. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. So like I just said, I feel like owls are really, really cool. If nothing else, they're really cool. They're interesting creatures. They're they're associated with wisdom and sometimes even death. And it got me thinking. Maybe, maybe it's time for Ominous Origins to have a mascot. Maybe I break out the Ominous Owl. Hmm? Let me know what you think about that. Maybe I'll throw something up in uh, Photoshop and we'll get something going for the Ominous Owl. It'll just be a picture. But regardless, today we're going to be talking about owls throughout history of folklore and mythology. So let's just get into it. Now, throughout history and across many, many cultures, people have regarded owls with a sort of fascination and awe. Few other creatures have had so many different and contradictory beliefs about them. Owls have been both feared and venerated, despised and admired, considered wise and sometimes even foolish. They're often associated with witchcraft and medicine, the weather, birth, and death. Speculation about owls began in the earliest folklore, too long ago to even date, but has been passed down by word of mouth over generations. In early Indian folklore, owls represented wisdom and helpfulness, and have powers of prophecy. This theme reoccurs in Aesop's fables and Greek myths and beliefs as well. By the time the Middle Ages in Europe rolled around, the owl had become associated with witches and the inhabitant of dark, lonely, and profane places, a place only foolish but fearful specters roamed. An owl's appearance at night when people are helpless and blind, link them with the unknown. Its eerie call filled people with foreboding and apprehension, almost as if a death was imminent or some evil was being done. During the 18th century, the zoological aspect of the owls were detailed through close observation, reducing the mystery surrounding these guys by, well, a good amount. With superstitions dying out and the 20th century rolling on forward, in the West at least, the owl has returned to his position as a symbol of wisdom. Now let's look at some Greek and Roman myths centering around the mighty and fun and wise owl. 
In ancient Greek mythology, Athena, the goddess of wisdom, was so impressed with the great eyes and solemn appearance of the owl that, having banished the mischievous crow because it's a dick, she honored the nightbird by making him her favorite among the feathered creatures. Athena's bird was a little owl, Athene Noctua, as it's known today. The owl was protected and lived in the Acropolis in great numbers. It was believed that the magical inner light gave owls night vision. As a symbol of Athena, the owl was a protector, accompanying Greek armies to war, which in turn gave the armies a sort of inspiration in their daily lives. If an owl flew over a Greek soldier before battle, they took it as a sign of victory, so they don't even have to fight the battle anymore, they've already won, they got the owl on their side, motherfucker. That's how that works. Not really, but you know, it's that inspiration, it's like the coach at the hockey game in the movie where he gives the underdog team that rousing speech and they go out and come back from 15 down to win 16-15 in overtime or some bullshit like that. Regardless, owls were a source of inspiration. The little owl also kept a watchful eye on Athenian trade and commerce from the tail side of the coins that they used. In early Rome, people would nail a dead owl to the door of a house that believed to have had evil committed in it prior. Kind of a weird way to cleanse a house, but hey, not in ancient Rome, and when in Rome, you know, you know how the saying goes. To hear the hoot of an owl basically meant imminent death as well. The deaths of Julius Caesar, Augustus, Commodus Aurelius, and Agrippa were all apparently all predicted by an owl. Quote, Yesterday the bird of the night did sit even at noonday upon the marketplace, hooting and shrieking. And that is a line from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. The Roman army was warned of impending disaster by an owl before its defeat at Cari, on the plains between Euphrates and the Tigris River. According to a 2nd century soothsayer, that's a tough word to say, to dream of an owl meant that a traveler would be shipwrecked or robbed. Another Roman superstition was that witches transformed into owls and then sucked the blood of babies. Why is it always babies? I, I guess it's because they're innocent, but still, it's weird. Get your head out of that mindset, people. Come on. People aren't sucking the blood of babies as an owl. Maybe a bat, but not an owl. I digress. In Roman mythology, Proserpine, or Persephone for the Greek people out there, was transported to the underworld against her will by Pluto, also the Greek Hades, god of the underworld, and was to be allowed to return to her mother Circe's, or Demeter, goddess of agriculture, providing she ate nothing while in the underworld. Ascalpus, however, saw her picking a pomegranate and told what he had seen. He was turned into an owl for his trouble. Quote, a sluggish screech owl, a loathsome bird, which is unfair. Screech owls are all right. They're cool. I have nothing against a screechy. I'm getting too into it now. All right, let's go back to some English folklore surrounding the owl, most specifically the barn owl. In English literature, the barn owl has a sinister reputation, probably because it was a bird of darkness and darkness was always associated with death. During the 18th and 19th century, the poets Robert Blair and William Wordsworth, Wordsworth is a great name for a poet, by the way, used the barn owl as their favorite quote-unquote bird of doom. During that same period, many people believed that the screech or the call of an owl flying past the window of a sick person meant, of course, imminent death. Not just death, but it's imminent death. The owls aren't just associated with death, but like I said, imminent, meaning immediately you're gonna die. So, have fun with that. The barn owl has also been used to predict the weather by the people of England. A screeching owl meant cold weather or a storm was indeed coming. If heard during foul weather, a change in the weather was pretty much at hand, meaning it could go from bad to worse or bad to better. 
The custom of nailing an owl to a barn door to ward off evil and lightning persisted into the 19th century. Remember that old Roman one we just talked about? Another tradition or belief was that if you walked around an owl in a tree, it would turn its head to watch you until it wrung its own neck. It's like the snake eating itself to death, I guess. I don't think owls are that dumb. I mean, there's bird brain, but I mean, owls are a different breed, man. They're, they're just up there. <laughs> they're just so much better than every other bird. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you know, maybe I'm not. Among early English folk cures, alcoholism was treated with an owl egg. The imbiber was prescribed with raw eggs, and a child given this treatment was thought to gain a lifetime of protection against drunkenness. I think my parents failed and didn't give me an owl egg when I was young because this past weekend, you know, after all the work I've been doing, I had a couple of beers and three days later I still feel it. Don't get old. Whatever you do, do not get old. Drinking sucks when you get old. Another myth is that owl eggs cooked until they turned into ashes were also used as a potion to improve eyesight, which makes sense because, you know, owls have big old eyes. I can see a mouse from 500 meters away under brush in the ground under a foot of snow because they're magical. Owl broth was given to children suffering from the whooping cough. Odo of Triton, a Kentish preacher of the 12th century, had the explanation of why owls are nocturnal. And he said that owls had stolen the rose, which was a prized award for beauty, and the other birds punished it by allowing it to come out only at night. In parts of northern England, it is actually good luck to see an owl. So good on you, I guess, uh, what would that be, Newcastle? Maybe Manchester, somewhere up there, you guys. That's all right. Actually, that makes a degree of sense because there is a football team in England called Oldham. And guess what? Their mascot is an owl. Same with Sheffield. Sheffield Wednesday is also an owl. And I believe that is in the northern part of the country as well. It all makes sense now. Now let's get to some Native American folklore. Among the different indigenous tribes of North America, there are many diverse beliefs regarding the owl. According to an Indian legend, the Speedus Owl carving was placed on a rock to serve as a protector from the water devils and monsters that could pull a person into the water. The owl on a rock may also have indicated the ownership of that location for fishing. To the Apaches, dreaming of an owl signified approaching death. At least it wasn't imminent, it was just kind of walking slowly towards you. Cherokee shamans valued eastern screech owls as consultants as the owls could bring on sickness and punishment. The Cree believed boreal owl whistles were summons from the spirits. If a person answered with a similar whistle and did not hear a response, then he would soon naturally die. The Dakota Hidasta saw the burrowing owl as a protective spirit for brave warriors. The Hopi Indians see the burrowing owl as their god of the dead, of course the guardian of fires and tender of all underground things, including seed germination. Their name for the burrowing owl is Koko, which means watcher of the dark. They also believe that the great horned owl helped their peaches grow. The Inuit believe that the short-eared owl was once a young girl who was magically transformed into an owl with a very long beak, but the owl became frightened and flew into the side of a house, flattening its face and beak. They also named the boreal owl the blind one because of its tameness during daylight. Inuit children would make pets of boreal owls. And now I'm very jealous. <laughs> I want a pet owl. I have rabbits and they would get eaten by said owl, but I still, you know, they're cool. I don't have an obsession. I swear. Native Northwest Coast Quajold people believe that the owls represented both a deceased person and their newly released soul. 
The Kwakutl Indians were convinced that owls were souls of people and should therefore not be harmed, for when an owl was killed, the person to whom the soul belonged would also die. The Lenape people believed that if they dreamt of an owl, it would soon become their guardian. The Menominee people believed that the day and night were created after a talking contest between a sawweet owl and a rabbit. The rabbit won and selected daylight, but allowed nighttime as a benefit to the vanquished owl. The Montagnas people of Quebec believed that the Sawit owl was once the largest owl in the world and was very proud of its voice. After the owl attempted to imitate the roar of a waterfall, the great spirit humiliated the Sawit owl by turning it into a tiny owl with a song that sounded like the dripping of water. The Mojave Indians of Arizona would become an owl after death, this being an interim stage before becoming a water beetle and ultimately pure air. According to the Navajo legend, the creator told the owl after creating it, quote, In days to come, men will listen to your voice to know what will be their future. The Californian Newicks believed that after death, the brave and virtuous became the great horned owl. The wicked, however, were doomed to become barn owls. In the Sierras, native peoples believed that the great horned owl captured the souls of the dead and carried them to the underworld. The Lingit Indian warriors had great faith in the owl. They would rush into battle hooting like owls to give themselves confidence and to strike fear into the hearts of their enemies. A Zuni legend tells of how the burrowing owl got its speckled plumage. The owls spilled white foam on themselves during a ceremonial dance because they were laughing at a coyote that was trying to join the dance. Zuni mothers place an owl feather next to a baby to help it sleep. Of course, not just Europe and North America believe owls have special abilities or have their own superstitions. In many African countries, the owl is associated with sorcery and baneful magic. A large owl hanging around a house is believed to indicate that a powerful shaman lives within. Many people also believe that the owls carry messages back and forth between the shaman and the spirit world. One person has a theory as to why owls have been associated with such dark, supernatural, and superstitious things over the course of history, and that person is Jamie Heimbuch of the Mother Nature Network. And I go on to say, though the owl's nocturnal activity was at the root of many superstitions, the amazing ability of an owl to rotate its neck to an extraordinary degree was even turned into a myth. In England, it was believed that if you walked around a tree that an owl perched in, it would follow you with its eyes around and around until it wrung its own neck. So that's where that myth comes from as well. As we've discussed, the owl was known as a harbinger of bad tidings and doom throughout Europe and put an appearance as a symbol of death and destruction in a number of popular plays and poems. For instance, Sir Walter Scott wrote in the legend of Montrose, quote, Birds of omen dark and foul, Night crow, raven, bat, and owl, Leave the sick man to his dreams All night long he heard your screams. And of course, we've already talked about William Shakespeare in Julius Caesar's play with the owl as a harbinger of death. So that's all I got for you this week on owls. What do you think? Do you like owls? A lot of people don't like birds. I have a friend who really dislikes birds. He thinks they're like dinosaurs, which, you know, he's not wrong. But I do think he's wrong for not liking birds. Birds are really, really cool. I love birds of all nature. But owls have been speaking to me lately. So here we are. But that's it for me. As I said, my name is Casey and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a five-star rating on Spotify. If you do do that, be sure to let me know on social media so I can give you a shout-out. And thank you to everybody who has done that so far. 
If you are more traditional, you can still leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and any five-star review on there will be read out on the show as well. Other than that, you can find me on social media as well. On Twitter, at HorrorShotsProd is in production. On Instagram, you can find me at OminousOriginsPod, or on Facebook at HorrorShots. So, let me know what you think about owls and anything else you want to talk about on any of those social media channels. So, until next time, have a good one.